Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. All right, we're following through on a promise on this morning's early odds here on 670, the score. Uh, We promised late in the offseason that we would let you guys listen in as we work through our process of getting to our five picks for the Super Contest with my contest partner and executive producer of BetQL Daily, his name is Paul Aspen at Paul E. Aspen on Twitter. Paul, now we're one of those teams looking for a bounce back. Things are, are looking good, strong, just like last year in the beginning. We go four and one week number one. And then in uh, week number two, it was uh, a two and three week because uh, you didn't want to go San Francisco, Dallas, Arizona. Well, you know, <laughs> I was somewhat talked into a certain Carson Wentz commander's oh, side as well. But that was I bad. Mean, you know what? The one we were never getting away from was the Panthers, and we were never winning that. So, man, that was not so great. Uh, we are right where we uh, left off last year, right at 60%. So, yep. you know, that's not the worst way to start the season. But you know what? Looked at a lot of film. Good week of practice. Feel like this is a great bounce back spot. And let's go 5-0. and All right. Sounds good to me. Well, okay, so just based on our conversations throughout the week, during all the commercial breaks, and then on the air – it sounds like we're on the same page, which is a little scary. Not much pushback on any sides. Sometimes you invite some of that. I want to hear about the, the other side. Uh, but but I think we're going to have some agreement. Uh, the betting market 
<laughs> was on fire on Friday as all these final injury reports are coming out. We've got to go with the biggest injury news or potential injury news out there. And it's not, you know, a sexy matchup. It's the Chargers and the Jaguars, which was sitting at a touchdown all week. And then all of a sudden we had a big move. We're sitting at three and Herbert's not out. He's listed as questionable, did not practice with the team on Friday. It, it felt all week because that number was sitting at seven, Paul, that there wasn't much question. That, okay, yeah, he's hobbled, but he's going to be out there because it was sitting at a touchdown all week. All of these sports books are all about putting numbers up. They will take bets, even though the, their opinion might be wrong. So now we don't know if Herbert's going to play. And last Thursday, we saw him hobbling around in the final few moments. I mean, the market is telling us that they think he is out, right? Now I mean, it that, is. Yeah, it is yeah. right now. And I mean, watching that game, I mean, the most, bizarre sequence was him trying to scramble for a first down and then just giving up and not even able to throw the ball. And then on the next play, dropping back and zinging it down the middle for a first down. Like it was just such a bizarre sequence. Cause like broken ribs. I mean, we've, it, it almost looked like one of the situations that like Tony Romo is one where it happened where like, is there maybe a punctured lung involved? Like something like that. I think we all knew it was probably some sort of broken rib rib cartilage, whatever you want to call it, injury. And on, like 10 days off or not, 10 days is not going to fix that. And then one hit, two hits, a couple hits. Like if he's, even if he was in there and that was my trepidation with this game, just not knowing, even if he was up, even if he was in one hit changes that game for me all week at the seven, I didn't love the idea of taking the Jags. Uh, I made a small personal play on it, but for the contest, I didn't really love it, but it was always Jags or nothing because Herbert was, whether he started or not, just such an unknown. And honestly, both these coaches too, the way they play with fourth downs, or at least Staley used to, I don't know. I mean, it's a little scary what's happening there, but the way Doug Peterson and Brandon Staley historically play aggressively on fourth down and in the red zone, there is just so much potential variance in this game. From a contest standpoint, I was pretty okay staying away from it. But now it's like that consideration of how often do you get, you never get this kind of move where we have the opportunity to take plus seven in the contest and the market is at plus three, plus three and a half. The phrase we used last year, the, the term we used last year was like a free square. We saw this a couple of times with Kyler Murray, you know, the market telling us he was out, but we had a stale contest line similar with the Vikings against Cooper Rush. Yeah. So we, we played those because you almost had to. And guess what? It burned us each time. Each time we took the better number compared to the closing number, it burned us every time. It never worked out. So that's why in this case, I'm not saying it's an automatic where we got to take the Jags plus seven in the contest. And that's the contest line. And the current line is like three, three and a half. There's a lot there. First off, the value of Herbert. My quick response was, oh, yeah, the it's lined like he's out. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe it can get to inside of a field goal if it becomes official that he's out. So last week on the show with Horvy, I, I was just laughing at the idea that Dak Prescott moved the line nine points, which he did. I mean, he's nowhere near that value. Herbert's a much better quarterback and, and not a player that you want to play games with. He's near the top of the list. Like, don't mess around. The look ahead was nine, so it's three. Is it worth six? 
I think he's worth more than six, especially since you're going down to chase Daniel. So maybe this is not lined like Herbert's out. Maybe it would be closer to one. And the possibility is that what helped move the number down yesterday was cornerback J.C. Jackson is doubtful. Center Corey Lindsley is doubtful. Keenan Allen is questionable. There are a lot of things adding up here, so they just decided to to make that quick move. I, I think that is certainly a possibility here. And then game theory-wise, betting and playing in a contest are very different things. People are asking me on Twitter yesterday afternoon, oh, should, should I just lock in the Jaguars at plus seven? I got it plus seven and a half in my contest and the line's three. Take those free points, right? Well, no. Not if you want to win that contest. That's not how you win contests, by going with the herd. 60-70% of people in most contests are going to be on the Jaguars. And the Chargers can go cover the, that spread of seven, seven and a half. That's how talented that defense is. So I, it's not as simple as you have to take those free points. You cited a few examples there with NFL games. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Do you go directly against the game theory or do you just avoid it? I think I've always just, you know, last year we went with it. It's like, all right, we're either winning with everyone. We're going to, we're not going to fall behind the way we went about it last year. How do you this feel year, about minus EV moves? It's going against it is minus EV, right? But it's strategy. Right. I don't know if it's necessarily plus EV. If you're going against it, the market's telling you you're, it's my, yeah, like you said, minus EV. I've always kind of thought of this as you go, you stay away from it. Yeah. You take another game, another side that you like for that fifth game pick is always a challenge, but that at least gives you the chance to win and keep pace. Mm -hmm. If the market move holds up for everyone else, or you also have the chance to gain ground. Now, if you go directly against it, it's a two point swing, right? Yeah. You could go directly against it. I guess I would still right now, especially early in the season, you know, if we're in a position though, Joe, where, you know, we're in the running for one of these three week or six week or nine week or at the end of the season, let's, we can only hope, right? Yeah. You know, that would be a situation where it's like, okay, let's go directly against because we know we can make up a two point swing. If Chase Daniel is in, would you bet on the Jaguars? Let's say it's less than a field goal. I like what the Jags are doing. And with the injuries, bet the or contest pick? Bet. We have the better quarterback now. Yeah, we got the better quarterback. The Chargers <laughs> are banged up. L.A. for the Chargers and the Rams. Not really that much of a home field advantage. I think you got to seriously consider it. And the Jags are moving the ball. They've moved the ball. Yeah, sure. Like their win against Indy was not as good as it looked necessarily. Just kind of a total dud from the Colts. But they moved the ball against Washington in week one. They just didn't get into They just didn't finish the job in the red zone. So I think, I think the Jags are on the up and up. So I would... I would not rule it out. I would not rule it out. I'm not, you're not going to pin me down and say I'm taking Jags yeah. two and a, plus two and a half against Chase Daniel, but I'm not ruling it out. I, I'm just laughing because Chase Daniel has been in the league since 2010. He has five career starts, three of them with the Bears, and his quarterback rating in those, in his time on the field with the Bears is 91, which isn't bad. Career backup. Like, that's the I mean, thing. You know, he's managing the game, he's yeah. not going, and Trevor Lawrence. We're still kind of waiting to see it a little bit. Was he 0 for 9 on the road? So, yeah, yeah. We're still waiting to see it a little bit. You have to think about this differently than just saying, 
oh, I'll take the free points if you're in a contest. And now it's Chase Daniel. That is a big gap. I don't think Dak Prescott is worth nine points and all moves are not created equal, but I do know that Justin Herbert is worth much more than Dak Prescott. The way he just gave out at the end of that last game, I don't know that you want to throw him on the field in week number three of the season. Let's go to Bears, Texans. Why not? You live here. You lived in Houston for a while. I don't know that you know anybody on this Texans roster, but uh, this is it's a gross matchup. We're at three. Much of the week it was sitting two and a half. A lot of angles with this game. You need to provide context. Like I, I've been talking all week about the splits with Davis Mills, how great he is at home and how horrendous he is on the road. But there's context with those road starts. He faced the best teams in the NFL, and last week on the road, Denver, a place that nobody wins early on in the season dealing with those elements. There's a lot of uh, different contacts with the Bears as people nationally are ripping them and locally for how they're handling Justin Fields. Do they trust him? Well, apparently not. They're not letting him throw as much. Well, yeah, he didn't throw much against Green Bay, but they called passing plays, and that was regarded coming into the season as one of the better defenses, some saying top five in the NFL. And week one, the rain was unlike anything I've ever seen in a Bears game. And you were also going against the top three, top five defense in San Francisco. So I think how they handle fields is going to be much, much different coming up this week. And uh, Paul, I think we were talking ourselves into Bears minus two and a half, which is the number we had. And then we saw the uh, the release of the 670, the score picks. Last week, all nine prognosticators said Bears cover the spread. We know how that ended, like it always ends against Aaron Rodgers. And then we saw it yesterday. It was tweeted out at 670, the score. All nine handicappers here at the score said Bears win, Bears cover. Couldn't they have at least someone just taken it? Like, what? How about one. not even a loss? How about a one point win? Just don't cover. Like, that's all ah. I'm asking for here. Like, I no. saw that. And of course, oh, that, I mean, it made me feel great last week when we were on the Packers. And it's funny because before the season, this is absolutely a Texan spot. I was taking the plus three blind, like, not even thinking about it. But then I like the coaching matchup for the Bears. I like Eberflus. You know, I, I think we've had multiple people come on our show and say they think that the Bears are going to be not as terrible as we all thought. Before the season, it seems like two of the worst teams in the NFL. And granted, some of the numbers back those up. Both are bottom five in yards per play. Bears, Packers, by the way, and Texans, three worst teams against the run. But the Bears, you've seen some signs and they've got I think they've got a better coach. Look, look, it's just like, I know this is blasphemy in Chicago, but game is past lovey by. I think that's fair to say. So they have no, a better it's not. coach. I don't think it is. <laughs> if you're watching, if you're paying attention at all, people understand by the end of lovey's run, most fans wanted him gone. It was time for a change. The only thing is they just made some poor choices in replacements. Right. You know, so I think at least it's funny because Eberflus is still going to run the ball, want to play defense, and which is kind of what you have to do when you're rebuilding. But they also have the more dynamic quarterback. I think Davis Mills, those are interesting contexts with the home road splits. And sometimes you feel like you are live with him. Did not feel that way at all last week against Denver. No, nope. I just think you've got a more dynamic quarterback there. So in this game, inside of a field goal, 
I think the Bears are very much in consideration. But again, with the entire city of Chicago, at least publicly on the Bears, it makes you take a step back for sure. I, I thought after the Sunday night football result, it would go a little bit the other way. People start doubting them a, a little bit. It, it's going to be fascinating because they're either two and one. Hold on. This team isn't that bad. Expanded playoff format. Who knows if they go, say, nine and eight. It's an easy schedule the rest of the way. Or it's going to be, oh, they lost to the Texans at home. Are you kidding me? We lost to Lovey Smith. There's no talent on the field for the Texans. It looks like they're trying to lose. We're in the mix for the number one overall pick. I mean, that's going to be the, the difference. Yeah. I mean, this is probably a 13-10 game either way. I don't, I don't know if both teams even scored. I don't know if we get two touchdowns in the game. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a gross game, but I'll at least be watching it. Like, Darnell Mooney should be able to have a game against that secondary. Will Cole think. Komet get his first catch of the season? God, you know, the amount of times I've bet Cole Komet props in the past, I'm not interested, not even a little bit. Like, no. what are we doing? Uh, Texans teasers will be popular. You can get that number up to nine in a low total game. And I like Pierce's rushing yards prop for Houston. It's been going up. I, last I checked, it's about 59 and a half. Uh, based on how that Bears run defense looked last week, yeah, I think uh, we'll be good with Pierce and Lovey's conservative style. So as far as a side on this matchup, we're going bears or nothing. We really like our contest number and a lot of contests from earlier in the week at bears minus two and the hook. I'm Joe Ostrowski with Paul Aspen, executive producer of BetQL daily and my Vegas contest partner, Paul stay there because we're going to go over the NFL sides. We're locked in on this is early odds Saturdays, eight to 9 AM on six seventy. the score and the odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24 7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guest, Paul Aspen, my against the spread contest partner and executive producer of BetQL Daily, sometimes host on the BetQL network. Paul, we went over a couple games, weren't completely sold on, but let's give the people some solid picks. Games that we've been on throughout the week, and I cannot wait until tomorrow night because it is going to be a spectacle in Denver, Colorado. Broncos hosting the Niners. We've already decided the Broncos have the worst head coach in football in Nathaniel Hackett. A rough start for one Russell Wilson. And now the Niners have a week to prepare with Jimmy Garoppolo making his first start of the season. Trey Lance is done. The Bears, when they faced the Niners, they didn't have to deal with George Kittle. The Broncos will have to deal with George Kittle. Injury front, Patrick Sertain, cornerback of Denver. He's questionable. Wideout Jerry Judy, questionable. Same thing with K.J. Hamler. So the injury report doesn't look great. They're starting right tackle Billy Turner. Also a 50-50 shot at playing. They were booing him last week. I can't wait to see what happens this week. You want to talk about one game this weekend where there is a significant head coaching mismatch it is Shanahan against Hackett obviously with the Bears recent history of kind of going through coaches it's like okay so who is is Nathaniel Hackett Matt Nagy like an offensive coach or at least as was advertised that is just not a head coach way worse and you 
And he's not. Yeah, he's way worse. You know who he is, Joe? He's Mark oh. Tressman in year two. Oh, he didn't even have gosh. the year one honeymoon. That's who he is. He's so overwhelmed. He's so overmatched. And now it's on national TV. Like, what does he, does he have like someone come in this week, like a consultant? Or like, does he call Peyton and be like, hey, can you walk me through these situations? Like, they're having their own crowd count down the play clock. So Hackett is a mess. Russ kind of looks like a mess, more than kind of. Russ looks like a mess. And by the way, Pete Carroll's out there being like, yeah, force him to his left. That's, you know, how we beat him. He's like giving out the goods on Russ. The, the Legion of Boom, which is nothing new, is coming out and, you know, ripping him as well. All that noise is like great. But I mean, this Broncos team does not look good. Like they are moving the ball, but they're 0 for 6 in the red zone, which kind of points to, hey, can can there be some regression there? But I don't even think that we're blinded by the fact that we took them in Survivor last week against the Texans and we're sweating it out the whole way. Like, What can you point to from the Broncos that makes you optimistic about them? And the fact that this line opened Broncos minus two and a half, and now it is flipped to Niners minus one and a half. I still love the Niners here. Coaching mismatch. The Broncos have been terrible against tight ends with Kittle coming back to that just adds to it. The Broncos offensive line, they've graded out. Okay. So far, but again, that's against the Seahawks and the Texans. Now they get Nick Bosa and their bottom 10 in pressure rate allowed. So I am, Niners minus one and a half favorite bet of the week would yes. love to be going into Sunday night football. I'll say four and oh, but even at three and one, like anything like that to put us into a very good week, getting the worst of the number. Don't care. Sometimes there are numbers that pop on Sunday night and you take a look and like that's wrong. This one yep. was screaming. The wrong team is favored because it opened as Denver as the favorite wasn't quite a field goal. Well, you couldn't believe it. Like, that's wrong. And everybody's bet on San Francisco. It's been one-way traffic. And I don't care. I don't care if everybody's on San Francisco in this game. I basically need them to win. It's what, minus one and a half at the moment? I think we might close San Francisco minus three, don't you? I do. I do. And, like, anything like that move through zero doesn't bother me at all. I think the Niners are winning this game outright. Like, I, I will absolutely lay the one and a half. I'd probably lay it anything inside of a field goal. All right, Paul, take us to another game that we love that will be on our contest card. So this is another one where I think the wrong team is favored. I love the Falcons getting one and a half in Seattle. The the Falcons offense, I know it looked bad for a while there against the Rams. They made a nice little comeback to at least cover, but their offense is kind of, they've shown signs of life. Like they were in that game against the Saints. They moved the ball on them. They ran down their throats. Cordero Patterson, 22 for 120 in a touchdown. Mariota, 12 for 72 in a touchdown. And the Seahawks defense looks okay against the run, but the 30th and pass defense. So the Falcons may be able to go through the air a little bit. They're allowing six yards per play, which is bottom third of the league. And they've got the second most missed tackles mm-hmm. in football. So I just like, when I look at Atlanta, because again, this is another game before the season, I would have been like, you know what? I don't know. Flip a coin. I don't want to watch it. I don't want anything to do with it. But now after a couple of weeks, it's like, you know what? I think the Falcons are going to be a less bad team. I think they'll be competitive. And I know the Seahawks, who were on in week one against the Broncos, you know, showed some life there. That was also their Super Bowl. And I think last week against the 49ers is much more of who the real Seahawks are. And I think they're going to struggle to move the ball. I think they're going to struggle to score. And I just, I love the Falcons in this game. We're still waiting for a Kyle Pitts breakout game. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just think, again, I think the Falcons should be favored. I think the Falcons win this game outright. I already bet them on the money line. So, guess getting a point and a half, that is absolutely locked in for me. They might be the favorite tomorrow. What I'm doing, bet MGM game day with Jason LaCafora and Devin Caney here on the score, 7 a.m. We might see a move to the Falcons side. That wouldn't surprise me. They haven't won a game, but they've covered both. They show some life. Mariota has brought something to that squad a little bit. They're just not going to give up. Something I love to see. Injury report, nothing significant here. But I like fading the Seahawks. You brought up the missed tackles. The offense is not scoring points. And we think that's going to continue. They don't push the ball down the field at all. Geno Smith's dead last in intended air yards per throw. Uh, just overall, they have a lot of problems. Seahawks, no offensive line. No explosion on offense. And the defense has issues as well. So, yeah, I like the Falcons are going to get their first win of the year. I hope so, because if not, and people are going to tell themselves a story and say, oh, look, watch out for the 2-1 and one Seahawks. No, they're terrible. I love fading them, and uh, they're going to lose at home in this one. Atlanta's staying out west, right, after playing at L.A. last week? Yeah, I don't love Arthur Smith, but anytime a coach does that, they get it. That's the right move instead of flying back and forth across the country. So uh, that is another one that we agreed on immediately. And let's share with the class the third one before we start getting to some of these tougher decisions. And I was hoping we were going to get a better number. We did in the contest. All right, look, people don't really want to back the Bengals, do they? Maybe they will because it's the Jets. But you want to talk about prime spots. This is it. Bengals start out 0-2. They haven't covered a number. And the Jets are coming off a miraculous comeback. It is just a perfect spot. Is Joe Flacco going to have his third consecutive 300-yard game? I would venture to say no. I Yes, the offensive line is still a problem with the Bengals. But overall, the talent level is higher. These things take time to gel. It takes time to get things figured out. The, the injury report isn't great for the Jets either. They don't have many options on the outside. Some younger players, and we saw that last week, but Corey Davis is questionable. Left tackle George Fant, also questionable. Defensive line, Quinnen Williams, he's 50-50 to go. Uh, defensively, the Jets don't have much, and they faced the Ravens receivers and the Browns receivers, and now they get the Bengals receivers. And I mean, I'm just aligned with every single thing you said. I mean, they're another bad tackling team. They're a bad coverage team. Hello, Jamar Chase. And it's just the ultimate get right spot for the Bengals. And I texted the group, our BetQL Daily group for on Sunday, that the Jets win last week against the Browns was perfect, perfect. for our survivor pick this week and for this number. I think this is, could absolutely be a blowout spot for the Bengals. As you talked about, the offensive line, getting it together. By the way, they've also faced Micah Parsons and TJ Watt and a couple good pass rushes there. So I think I have no qualms about laying the five. I'm glad it's inside a six for the contest. Nick Chubb scored three touchdowns last week against them. Him and Hunt combined for 30 carries, 145 yards, just under five yards per clip. So I think Mixon could definitely have a game here as well. No qualms at all about laying five with the Jets. On the road, by the way, love a good revenge spot. Revenge spot for last year when they were 10-point oh, yeah. favorites. 10-point oh. favorites and lost outright, and they killed our survivor pick last year. But They did, they did it for a lot of people, yeah. They did. They did. Um, and they're still good on defense, by the way. DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, that's some good upfront pressure to put on Joe Flacco, who can't really move around. So, yeah, no, I am, I'm good on both sides of the ball all the way around 
with this Cincy pick against the Jets. All right, Bengals, do something in the first half, and it's going to be a free and clear victory and probably a cover. It was four and a half earlier in the week, and now we're sitting six everywhere. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Paul Aspen, EP of BetQL Daily. He's a uh, contest partner in the Super Contest this year, so we're just letting you guys in on the process here on Early Odds as we talk over these games. We're locked in on San Francisco, Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Bears are a maybe. All right, let's give the people one more. That's what we have time for. And then we talked about the Bears, possibly. They're under consideration for the four or the five spot. And then there's a few others that we talked about. And we do this every week on the show. Every Friday at 1020, listen on the Odyssey app, 105.9 HD2 here in Chicago. And the podcast is certainly available, but we talked about a few others. So tell me your favorite. We discussed Rams minus three and a half at Arizona, Baltimore minus two and a half in New England, or Washington as a home dog getting six and a half against the Eagles. Everybody's flying high in the Carson Wentz revenge game. So a little bummed out or angry that. Wentz burned us last week, but we know he's going to do that. And I, yeah, I mean, it's the best, I guess, number, but I, if I, if we can avoid backing Carson Wentz, let me put it that way. <laughs> if we can avoid backing Carson Wentz, so I'm going to move him down the depth chart. Okay. The Ravens number is interesting just because it's inside a field goal. Yeah. Should be getting JK Dobbins back. They actually have some semblance of an offense. And is their defense really that bad? Like we're talking about a little bit. It's not an apples to apples comparison, but the Bengals new offensive line, you know, trying to get it together. It takes a little bit of time, new defensive coordinator in Baltimore. So like when receivers are running free and we saw what the dolphins did in the fourth quarter last week, is that necessarily fair representation of what that secondary and defense is? I don't know that it is, so inside of a field goal, and I just don't know that the Patriots are that good. Um, wow. Look, you're always Belichick at home as a dog is always going to get love. So it's a little bit tough to go against that, but I don't totally hate it. But I think the more we talked about and looked through it this week, I think it's Rams for me. Rams minus three and a half. I just think the Cardinals are bad. And I don't think that changes because they came back from 20 to nothing down against the Raiders. And by the way, when they were on the goal line, the Raiders should have ended that game in regulation, you know, before overtime, they had a couple different passes go off their hands before Kyler did his Houdini thing. And the 20 seconds and all that, that everyone saw, I'll be honest. I bet the Rams at minus four and a half, I got the worst of the number and now it's down to minus three and a half. I mean, honestly kind of in that dead zone. So I don't mind holding a four and a half when it's down to three and a half, as far as it being our pick a little bit, at least, paused when i saw the injury report because their secondary is a little bit banged up nah yeah like deandre hopkins isn't out there right so i'm not terribly concerned about it and arizona's secondary on the other hand is still a mess i guess you know they did shut down Devontae adams but cooper cup's a different kind of receiver and I, it's taken nothing away from Devontae Adams, but with that all that shiftiness, like I just think he's going to cause problems. He causes problems for everyone. So I think he's going to be another nightmare for Arizona early in the season, but they've got the worst defense grade on pro football focus, worst coverage grade in the NFL. And I think this is a good team against Stafford's, you know, and I'm not overly concerned about Stafford um, and the elbow thing that's been popping up all offseason, a little bit into the season. 
I just think it's a good team, a team that could win the division and a team that's headed in the wrong direction. And McVay's history against Kingsbury is, I mean, you can't beat it, really. They've had one good quarter, Arizona. One good quarter. And you're right, McVay against Arizona, 8-1-1 one one against the spread. Uh, the, the deep option for Stafford is out in Van Jefferson. Cornerback David Long also out. For the Cardinals side, running back James Conner, it sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision. Rondell Moore is out. I Yeah, I agree with you. In the end, the Cardinals are just a poor team. I don't want to overreact to some of the highlights of Kyler Murray running 80 yards on a two-point conversion. They need him to be Superman for them to be live in this game. And I don't think it's going to happen again. And we have not seen the best of the Rams offense. This is the spot, right? And this is the spot where the Rams offense puts together four quarters, something we have not seen. I'm good with the Rams as uh, our fourth pick here at minus three and a half at Arizona. I think the, the McVay thing, it's going to continue. Now the question is, what do we do with that fifth one? We've got a few hours to decide. Yeah. So I guess that means it's going to so be Washington move... or Baltimore or Chicago. Right. Now, yeah. now Wentz moves to that conversation. We Maybe. just push him down and now he's back in the mix or the Ravens or the Bears. Oh, uh, it's not going to be. It's never fun. The fifth pick is never. It's fun. always a fifth pick. Always the. I fifth. know. Yeah, and we don't want to. You don't want to do the Jacksonville thing, not in a contest. Now, if if it's a small pool, I don't have a problem with it. But for this one, we're probably going to avoid that, unless we get confirmation today that it's Chase Daniel. Then, eh, then it might be a conversation. But we gave the people four solid picks in San Francisco, Atlanta, Cincinnati and the LA Rams. Paul, thanks uh, for coming on early odds this morning. Great to be on, Joe. Let's go 5-0. and all. Looking forward to another great weekend of football. This was easy this week, right? At least from a process standpoint. I love that we are aligned, I think you know, so. at least on these four. Now we just need the results to get home, as always. That was Paul Aspen of the BetQL Network. Up next, we look into the updated NFC North odds, and Survivor continues to be crazy. Weekly contributor Jim Miller will drop by. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. And there's BetMGM Game Day, Sunday 7 to 10 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Welcome back here on Early Odds Sports Radio 670 The Score. My name's Joe Ostrowski. You know my name. I've been listening all hour. And you always check in around this time every single week for a weekly contributor. His name is Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. All right, positive spin, Jim. The White yes. Sox can no longer hurt you. I think unlike the majority of people, at least uh, in the media, I don't think you were buying in. Nope. They stopped teasing you a while ago, but uh, final nail in the coffin, officially, officially over. Yeah, and we talked before the start of the season how all the hype, the numbers they had, going up as high as 93.5 for the win total, and we cautioned play under, play under, play under, and then the injuries hit, and then they just – played 500 baseball but that's the team that they were this year because of the injuries just because of the way guys were playing the managing of course had had its toll on there too and then other teams played well look at cleveland cleveland provided value all season long joe and they're the team that's going to come out of that division no doubt the most disappointing team in major league baseball yes only three teams had higher win totals two of those three have already cleared like the hundred mark. So yeah, comfortably <laughs> with a lot comfortably, of baseball yeah. left. Yeah. But the people came for football, Jim, 
let's start with the NFC North before we get to our survivor looks of the week. And uh, those alive probably want to ch- <laughs> check out what we have to say. Cause congrats. Uh, well, congrats, but good luck. These next yeah. two weeks are absolutely brutal. I want to go NFC North though, because a team that you loved last week, great call yep. on the lions as a favorite, the entire NFC North is one and one. Yeah. The Packers look better, but was that about the competition with the bears? Vikings looked a lot worse. Way too much overreaction on them in week number one. Detroit one and one, Bears one and one. I see one sports book in town puts the Bears at 30 to one. So that's not where we're going. 30 to one to win the division. How big is this gap between Packers slash Vikings and the Lions? Now, I've pushed against some of the Detroit hype that we were getting in the offseason, but I'm also always looking for value. And when I see that you can get the Lions, at seven to one. And yes, right now, I agree. They're the third best team in the NFC North, but I'll also say that I don't think there's a big gap. That feels like a lot of value with a team that's putting up a ton of points. I know they can't stop anybody, but what we do know about Detroit thus far is that they can score. And uh, that was a question mark with Jared Goff being the QB. Aren't the Lions the Cleveland Guardians version of this division? Wow. I mean, it, it sure seems like it because you talk about, okay, potential. You talk about youth. You talk about an up-and-coming team where you just need to pull a little bit of confidence together. Think about this. DeAndre Swift, the guy that we talked about at the start of the season to play the over for his rushing yards, he has 20 carries for 200 yards through two games. Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. who was like the consensus number one pick in the NFL this year, He's got 15 more yards on 20 more carries. Mm -hmm. This is a team that is explosive offensively. Do they have to figure things out defensively? Yes. At the same time, they're a very young defense. This is a team that maybe they gel, maybe they improve over the course of the season. The Packers are going to be okay, but I don't think they're great. The Vikings are going to be okay, but again, not great. There's no reason to think why the Lions can't be right there. This could be the division, Joe where you look at the end of the season and nine and eight or 10 and seven wins the division in the national football league. When everything is so close, turn over here, turn over there. And every week we see teams uh, th- that are outgained end up winning games. Why? Because of the turnover margin, sometimes things go your way and maybe things go the lion's way. And speaking of the lions, the bears, and I bring up the bears because this game tomorrow might be the only game the Bears are favored all season. Now, the early lines that are released before the season starts had the Bears being favored twice, this Sunday and their home game against the Lions. I don't think they're going to be favored by the time we get to that Lions game. So this is probably going to be the only one if things go as expected. Any interest in the third Lovey revenge game? Should they be favored is the question. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. you just talked about it, how teams are getting outgained massively in yardage and winning. Well, that was the Bears in week one because of turnovers. All right. Last week, it, it almost appeared on paper like they played to keep it close, only for the fact that you have to hope for a turnover here. And they got one or you have to hope for a little bit luck here or there to just be in the game. It almost seems like that's how they're going to play. I mean, they had a drive in the second half where you're down two scores and you're running the ball basically every single play. The first week, okay, your big gain was on a broken play. I just don't know 
if the Bears are that great, maybe Davis Mills is coming along and might be okay. His numbers aren't terrible to open up the season. They are 0-1-1. Indy, we don't know if they're good or not, but the Texans played Indy very well. Maybe this is a team that might be, again, okay. They might not be great, but they may be a 4-5 or win team. And if they're going to be a 4-5 or win team for the Texans, this is a game they have to win. I'm fine with the Bears being favored at home. They're a better team at the moment. They, they did have that one win in the first week. I'm okay with it. Uh, Davis Mills is terrible on the road. I think we'll learn more about how much his coaching staff trusts Justin Fields because those might be the toughest defenses they face all year in San Francisco and Green Bay to start things off. So that, that's tough sledding, so you're up against it there. Not going to be the most entertaining game. I'll say that. I, I, the I, total I think, is 40. I think we're safe there. Well, how about that? There are so many totals that aren't even 42 this week because the unders have been killing it. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score with Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, weekly contributor here on Early Odds. All right, Survivor's Brutal. This is the week that I had circled right away. If I could somehow get through weeks number one into three and four, very challenging. Kansas City is a big number. They are on the road at a desperate Colts team. Now we get into the divisional matchups. Philly, big favorite at Washington. Market very high on them. Buffalo, feels like you can't go wrong on them, but they're going down to the sun in Miami against a red-hot Dolphins team. Things are looking good early for them. The Vikings, NFC North matchup at home against the Lions. And we have the Bengals at the Jets. Jim, this is the game that I thought I was going to be all about and the Bengals lost to the Cowboys last week. Jets with a miraculous win with thanks to the help of the Cleveland Browns. And the Bengals looking for revenge. Remember, this is the exact game that blew up a ton of survivor pools last year. I like the Jets last week, too. And here's the thing. The Jets might almost start to be a little scary in the backfield. Michael Carter and Brees Hall are becoming a little bit of a two-headed monster. I tend to wonder what's going to happen with them because they do have a good offensive line. So they're going to stay in some games. And you mentioned how week three was tough. Do the Chiefs, and we would have never said this before week one, do they become the play against the Colts? Are the Colts that dysfunctional this year? Iberflus is gone. He's to the Bears. Maybe he had a big impact. We know the Chiefs are a really good football team. The Colts were just dismal last week after being disappointing in week one. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Chiefs might be the play here. And then at least you can find out what's going to happen with Justin Herbert going into week number four. You can avoid that game a little bit. Maybe. And again, you don't want to use the Chiefs early. But Joe, like we mentioned last week, there's less than 40% of these survivor pools still alive two I weeks know. in. It's survive in advance in week three, isn't it? My pool, 67% out. Circa Sports, their survivor pool, 67% out. The exact same number. That's where we sit. Kansas City, Indianapolis. Now, I think you're giving the Colts a pass if you bring up that they always start slow. Maybe it's time to start criticizing Frank Wright because that guy is never yeah. under fire. And, and we thought, okay, maybe he's learned his lesson and they understand that these games count just as much. Still not happening this time around. The problem is you're facing arguably the best quarterback in the world right now in Pat Mahomes. So I think this is going to be the most popular play of the week. And so that's why I'm staying away from it. I've got the chalk on KC 
and they're going on the road to Indianapolis against a very desperate Colts squad. It's just something I'd rather stay away from. Since the majority are going to be on the Chiefs, I'd rather take the Chiefs down the road when many cannot take them. I circled Cincinnati. I'm worried about the line and Burrow holding onto the ball too much. Yep. But the line was improved. I think they need time to gel. Is this the time? I'm not sure. But I want to go against the Jets after a big win, right? And I want to back the Bengals after a bad loss. Spot-wise, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm glad, first of all, you're staying away from the Bills and Dolphins game, too. Because Oh, yeah. Look at every time New England goes down to Miami. They're just terrible. This is a big trip. The Bills, yes, they're a very good team. But you know what? The Dolphins are a much-improved team. Think about this. Tua's thrown for over 700 yards in two games. You cannot cover both of those receivers. You can't cover Tyreek Hill with two guys and leave Jalen Waddle to run. You can't go vice versa. So the Dolphins have become a very dangerous team. You mentioned the Bengals and Jets game. And let me ask you this, Joe, because it was a miraculous win by the Jets. Miraculous last week. If the Jets don't win that game, I think this line is a touchdown. That might be the play. That might be the play overall. Bet the line, bet the Bengals, everything on that end. That's one that surprises me. And that total was only 45. I was a little bit surprised by that. I I think, again, if Joe Burrow holds on to the ball, this could be a game where where the Bengals themselves put up 35, so you're only needing 10 out of the Jets. This is the one game that I would point to as well. I know we're not supposed to talk about the Super Bowl loser, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of value on them right now. If you still believe in Burrow and Chase and that they're going to get things figured out with that line, to see them this week balloon up to 35-1, to it feels like there's value, right? If I was in with multiple teams, and it's weird saying that because, of course, I'm not in with multiple teams, <laughs> but there's a couple of places I'd look because, again, if you want to try to survive the entire season, then you have to make determinations. I think the Texans are going to beat the Bears outright. Oh! I might want to <laughs> look at them. Okay, where are we betting with the ponies today before uh, the NFL is back in our lives tomorrow? Three for three again last week, Joe. So we're rolling right now. We're going to parks. This is out in Philadelphia, but they have a great card on Saturday. So we're going to bet all three of these horses across the board. Race number 10, bet the nine, running son of a gun across the board at six to one. Race 11, bet the one, green up across the board at six to one. And then race 12 is the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby. A lot of Kentucky Derby horses bet the one, Zandon, across the board at five to one and will make money for an NFL Sunday. That's Jim Miller, weekly contributor here on Early Odds of Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk next Saturday, heading into week number four in the NFL, all right? You got it. Good luck to anybody in Survivor. Jim Miller and Paul Aspen on the show today. Another show tomorrow morning on The Score. BetMGM Game Day, yours truly, NFL Insider Jason LaCafora and Devin Caney. Download and subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast with fresh content five days a week. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 